0: Hey, oh, glad that you're here. I hope you've had a good day. Uh, you might wonder where where some of the other people are, but we've got some a big group of people out serving tonight at the uh, Reach Center in Easley. Uh, youth and adults are over there, so that's part of what Wednesday nights are all about: is is mentoring and ministry. M M&M, and M mentoring and ministry. So, so we don't feel bad about those that are out tonight. We're grateful that they're out serving, and uh, I'm glad that you're here, as we're going to be. Uh, finishing up our, our session on how to be a self-feeder. Uh, before we get into that, uh, let me tell you that the uh, someone had asked, I think Carol had asked, are these sessions recorded? And they are, and so you should be able to, if you've missed one, like if you missed last week or whatever, uh, you should be able to get online and uh, listen to those online, okay? Or if you think, hey, I just need to hear that again, I'm still trying to figure this thing out. You can get online, www.mantarybaptist.com, and uh, you can listen to those. All right. Uh, let's let's pray together before we get started. And uh, I'm going to give you a chance just to share if you've got a, a prayer concern and, and that we're going to pray together. Do you have a prayer concern you want to share with us tonight?
1: Barry Mealy,
0: Neely's mother-in-law. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. All right, somebody else? Is that it. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mike. Said, Linda, okay. All right. Anybody else? How many have somebody, at least one person, on your impact card that you're praying for? You don't have to tell us who they are, but you got an impact card and you're praying? All right, good. If you don't have one, there are some out in the foyer, and I just want to encourage you to use those. Write down the name of one, two, or three uh, people that you believe don't know the Lord and pray for them every day. And uh, then share with them as you get an opportunity and invite them to church. Uh, so I hope that you'll do that uh, real soon and take advantage of that. Now, one last thing. How many of you have a, just a, a burden on your heart for something? And it's just kind of a silent prayer request, and you want to acknowledge that by raising your hand? Any silent requests here that you want to share? All right, many of you do. I do. Uh, let's take it before the Lord right now. Would you join me as we pray? Father, your word says to come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might receive grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. And so that's why we come before you tonight. We pray, Father, that you would minister tonight in a clear and undeniable way. Uh, we pray, Father, for the lives of those who, who are uh, struggling right now, those that are, that are struggling with life and death issues. Uh, those that are, are dealing with grief because they've lost someone that they love. We've, those that have needs in their home. And Father, just the various needs that are represented here tonight. Many people raised their hands and said, I've, I've got something on my heart. I've got a prayer request, an unspoken request. And Lord, I would pray that you would uh, reach out and, and speak to each one of those individuals that you administer to them through your Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Father, that you've invited us to bring these needs to you come boldly to your throne of grace and so we do that tonight jointly together asking for you to to work in and through these circumstances these situations i thank you father for those that we know that we don't we're not sure if they know you but you've put them in our lives help us to be faithful to be a witness for you and to bear witness of your grace and your love and your mercy uh, in our lives And I pray, Father, that they'd be here on Easter, that we'd be able to reach out to them, that many of those would say yes to our invitations, and they'd come on Easter Sunday. And we pray for lives to be changed that day. And now, Lord, as we get ready to study, I pray for your spirit to to guide us, for your spirit to teach us, help us to focus on you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, well, welcome tonight to our Bible study time as we come to the last session and uh, of our four-week journey on how to be a self-feeder, how to study the Bible for yourself. Uh, You know the drill by now, so turn to the back of your book and right at the top of the page, Session 4 Notes, if you would please. Uh, This will will complete what you need to do as far as your notes section. Uh, And so tonight we're going to come to the interactive part of this study and I want to show you how you can expand your Bible study uh, and not make it not just for you, but make it for others as well, and involve other believers. And I really believe that as you begin to do this, as you and I get that opportunity to involve other believers, it'll deepen our faith as well as we're reading the Scriptures together. So, I want to introduce you to the 2020 program. I have alluded to this previously in another session, but I want to explain it to you and how it works. You've all heard the term twenty twenty, which usually refers to what? Great vision. Well, the Bible study program that I'm going to outline for you tonight is the twenty twenty 20 program, uh, which will really help you develop better spiritual vision, and to see things in God's Word that perhaps you haven't seen before. Very simply, here's what you do. Put this on your notes, and we'll give you three things. So on, on that section where it says section four or session four, there's three things you do in the 2020 Bible study program. Number one, for 20 minutes, read the portion of God's Word according to your your Bible reading plan for that day. So the first 20 minutes, you're going to be reading God's Word privately. It's a key word. For 20 minutes, you read God's Word privately. And you're using your Bible reading plan. Now, uh, just help help us all remember, what is that Bible reading plan that we're talking about? I'm sorry? What? No, I mean, you've got a plan on, on what you're reading through the Bible, right? That's what I'm referring to when talking about the Bible reading plan. Have you got a plan? Have, have you remember that? All right, what's a Bible reading plan? Help me with that. We're stuck here. A Bible reading plan would be simply, how are you... What plan are you using to read through your Bible? So that on any given day, you're not opening the Bible and say, where do I read today? So your Bible reading plan might be that you're reading through the book of Ephesians, one or two chapters at a time. Your Bible reading plan might be that you're reading through the entire Bible and you've got one of these charts where you can mark off day 23, day 24. Uh, There's all kinds of Bible reading plans uh, online that you can download, so... When we're talking about the first 20 minutes, we're talking about you're reading your Bible according to your Bible reading plan. What are the five things, by the way? I'm I'm reviewing some of this since this is our last night. What are the five things you always bring to your Bible study time? Bible, pen, journal or notebook, a Bible plan, Bible reading plan, and some kind of a daily planner or scrap paper to write. What's the daily planner or scrap paper for? Random thoughts, things that come to your mind when you're trying to focus, and or if you have questions about the text, just things you need to write down and, so that you can get refocused on the study. So, uh, for the first 20 minutes, read the portion of God's Word according to the reading schedule for that day. That should, that should allow you, that 20 minutes should allow you to read one to three chapters. That's the goal, basically. Probably one to two chapters would be ideal because that would give you time to read those chapters over, to reread them. And if you reread them, you're going to uh, get more from that, okay? So take the time to reread, if you can, in that first 20 minutes. Now, for the next 20 minutes, this is number two on your notes, for the next 20 minutes, take one scripture that the Holy Spirit has highlighted for you and journal on it using the SOAP method. So the first 20 minutes, you're studying on your own privately, reading on your own privately. The next 20 minutes, you are journaling privately. Again, that's a key word. Uh, Using the SOAP method. Uh, Let me encourage you to do a couple of things when you're journaling. Uh, Put this on your notes, just a little bullet point. Write your thoughts out in manuscript form. When you're journaling, using the SOAP method, and you're making your observations or your applications, write out in manuscript form. No notations or shorthand or anything like that, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, it, it, it'll help you to think through what you're doing better. It will help you to, if you'll take the time to think what you're writing, you'll, you'll, you'll write a better paragraph, you'll write a better observation. Uh, it'll also, it'll be, help you be exact in your thinking, and and clearing your understanding. It, it also will help you later on when you come back to reread it, a month from now, a year from now, and you come back to reread it, it'll make sense to, to you again. But if you just make little jots and notes and shorthand, you might not remember what all that stands for. I, I've done that so many times, just especially in meetings. I'll be in meetings and, and I'll write down just little one words or two or three words, and, and I, uh, the next week I'm, I'm looking over my notes from the meeting. It's like, what in the world was that about? And so if you're not careful, you'll do that in your Bible study. So when you're writing down observations and you're writing down applications, write it in manuscript form, complete sentences, and be clear in your thinking and in your writing. So first 20 minutes, privately reading through the Scripture. Second 20 minutes, privately journaling using the SOAP Bible study method. And then the third 20 minutes, the final 20 minutes, is where you have the group share one person at a time, what each person has journaled. Have the group share one person at a time what each person has journaled. Uh, let me try to paint the picture for you. Let's say that you have a group of six people and you all gather somewhere together and you're going to use the 20-20-20 Bible study method to, to, to kind of have a group Bible study. First 20 minutes you're reading on your own. Second 20 minutes you're journaling on your own. That The last 20 minutes, each person in that five to six member group, each person in that five to six member group should be sharing, if they can, what they've heard and what they've learned. Now, so, here's how Wayne Cordero describes it, page 149, listen carefully. He said, I, I thought this was pretty amazing. He said, in the past, when people asked me to mentor them, I usually said, I'm sorry, but I really don't have the time. Things have changed. Today, when someone asks me for mentoring, I have a very different response. And here's what I say, absolutely. And here's what they will say. Really? When? Now, listen to his answer. 6.30 a.m. at the Corner Cafe on Mondays or at my office in the conference room on Tuesdays or right here on Wednesdays at the cafe, or on Thursdays, take your pick, and let's just get together. So he's, he's meeting with little groups of people, different times of the week, different times of the day, different places, and listen to what he says. If you are to count up all the people I get to disciple in this way over one week, it comes to 82. Think about that. And the beautiful thing about it, is I've been doing this for 20 years. We've planted nearly 100 churches at an average of 600 people in each. And it all began around life groups. I don't prepare anything ahead of time except my heart. The life groups are those groups where he gets those five or six people together. He said, I don't prepare anything ahead of time, just prepare my heart. The Holy Spirit always will, will be our special instructor, and I just facilitate the session. My goal is not to clone myself. I don't want people to necessarily become like me, I only want them to tap into the same source I tap into. Then they'll become who God wants them to be. (laughs) Now, I like what what he said here in just a moment. He said they usually meet in, in public places. We think perhaps of only having our groups, you know, at church or maybe in your home. He said he likes to meet in a coffee shop or some kind of a little cafe. He said it's not really distracting. You've got your small little group over in a corner. And what it does is it invites other people to check out what you're doing. And maybe involve them somewhere along the way, uh, so I thought it, it was an it was an excellent idea. so in that final twenty minutes, everybody takes a turn uh, you've discuss what what you 've learned in your reading, and uh, you listen and let everybody share what they 've journaled okay now, let me stop and see if you have any questions so far i 've got some questions that i 'm going to try to answer for you. Uh, that I put on my notes, but maybe you 've got some questions so far. Any questions all right i 've got three questions we 'll try to answer for you that I think are important questions that maybe you 've thought about. Question number one is this: how big if we 're going to have a group we 're going to do this in a group setting, how big can the group be, or how big should the group be? Ideally, you want no more. Put this on your notes. If you're going to do a group setting of this kind of Bible study, you want no more than five or six in a group. Ideally, no more than five or six in a group. If you have a group of, that is a big group, let's say a group of 20, how would you handle a group of 20? Well, if you have a larger group, then here's what you do. When you come to the sharing time, that last 20-minute section, when you come to the sharing time, you break up into smaller groups of three or four or five or six. So you take that large group and just break it up into smaller groups. Don't, don't try to have 20 sharing. Uh, you, that, that won't be possible in that 20-minute time slot. So try to break them up into smaller groups, and, and each one still gets to share in that last 20 minutes. That's one question. Question number two. What do you do when someone is a bit off kilter in their theology? That's a good question. You know, you, you, you got somebody who... Let's, let me just throw out one. You, you got a, you're trying to do this little group Bible study. You've got five or six people there, and and somebody mentions that you can lose your salvation. Now, you've got, let's say, a a brand-new Christian there in that group. You feel confident that you can't lose your salvation. You feel confident that once saved, always saved, but you also have this brand-new Christian, and you don't want them to be misled. So how do you handle it? to make sure that this new Christian is not misled by somebody else who's kind of off-kilter in their theology. Here's how you handle it. Write this down on your notes. Lovingly, lovingly, correct, and encourage. Now, I've got a scripture for you. Lovingly, correct, and encourage. Romans chapter 15, verse 14. Romans chapter 15, verse 14. Here's what it says. I myself am convinced, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, complete in knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Do you hear that? Paul was writing to the church at, at Rome, and he says, I, I'm convinced that you're, you're full of goodness, complete in knowledge, and I love this, and you're competent to instruct one another. So, you have the ability, more than likely, to help this brother or this sister who might be off kilter a little bit. It might take a little bit of time, but lovingly, gently, correct them. And let me give you a tip to write down on your notes. This is a very, very important. When you're trying to correct somebody theologically, always correct by pointing back to Scripture. Put that in your notes. Always correct by pointing back to Scripture. Um, this is not the time to say, well, I heard Reverend so-and-so say or my mama always taught me, or my grandfather always said, well, you might love them, but they're not necessarily an authority in that person's life. But if you can take them back to Scripture, then that gives them a foundation, a spiritual foundation. Remember, this is not the time to get into a theological argument. When you're in a small group, the last thing you want to do is get into a theological argument with somebody. If a debate does start, just see if you can kind of calm it down and ask if you all can talk about it further outside that small group setting. Uh, I wrote this on my notes. It might be a good point for you to write a bullet point. Resolve the issue without forfeiting the relationship. Resolve the issue without forfeiting the relationship. What I mean by that is never exchange a healthy relationship for a win in an apologetic battle. It isn't worth it. Never try to win the battle and lose a friendship. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Proverbs 27 17. That's your job, that's your goal. It's not to knock them down, it's to sharpen them. So, that's one of the reasons, by the way, you need a small group. It's easier to correct and, and encourage in a small setting of three, four, five, or six people than it is in, t- in a group of 20. It's less embarrassing. And, and they'll be more open to that. All right? Here's the third question. The third question that I think is pretty important is, what about passages that are difficult to understand? Uh, Andy raised this question last week, and, and I'm going to give a little further answer clarification. What about the passages that are difficult to understand? First thing is this. There will be those. There will be those. You're not the only one who sometimes has a problem understanding <coughs> Scripture. Peter understood what this is like. I don't know if you've ever read this, but go to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Verse 15 and 16. The Apostle Peter is writing this word, and he says, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. So he's talking about just as our dear brother Paul also wrote. So he's talking about something that Paul wrote. He said in verse 16, He, Paul, writes the same way in all of his letters, speaking in them of these matters. And look what he says. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Just notice what he says. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand. I love that. You know, if Simon Peter had a hard time with certain scriptures, then you don't need to get too worried if you don't understand them all either. There will be times when you'll have a hard time understanding. Let me teach you three important words. Here's the three very, very, very important words. Here's what they are. I don't know. There is nothing wrong with saying those three words. In fact, it's better to say those three words than to act like you do know when they know you don't know. You lose credibility then. But you maintain credibility when you can honestly say, I don't know. Now you can also follow it up with, let's try to find out. Okay? Uh, But saying I don't know is a great way just to kind of help you with those hard passages Um, if you don't understand something that's okay journal about what you do understand be faithful to what God reveals to you make a note what you don't understand write it down write it down study it later but try to journal about things you do understand so if you're reading something it's like man I don't get that at all okay good skip it keep reading don't worry about journaling on that one Let's go to another, another paragraph, all right? Now, any questions? Because you're getting ready to put some of this into practice. Any questions? What? What about commentaries? Commentaries are, are, are fine, especially if you've got time for that. Commentaries are wonderful. Where would you use them in that process? In the SOAP process, where would you use them? In, in the observation, When you're trying to make observations about the text, understand the text. If you want to use commentaries, that's fine. One word of caution I would give you is this. Commentaries are always secondary, not primary. You need to study the text first. Glean all you can out of it on your own. Then you can go to the commentaries to see what they say. Or if you get stuck, then that's a perfect time to go to the commentary. But always go to the commentary second and and let your own personal study and reflection be primary. Good question. Any other questions? All right, here's what we're going to do. I want to practice. I want you to practice what you've learned in, uh, over the last four weeks and what we've discussed briefly tonight, the twenty 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 program. Uh, remember, if you were to take a small group of people, you, let's, let's say you've got a group of four or five, and, and, and you're studying a scripture together, 20 minutes you read it privately, 20 minutes you, you journal privately, and 20 minutes you take turns everybody discussing what they journal. Now, by the way, will they be discussing the same verse? No, probably not. Now, it might be that you all land on the same verse, but more than likely it will be different verses. You all may be studying the same three chapters, but different verses will pop up to different people. So that, that's what makes the study rich and, and enlightening. So here's what I want you to do. You've been given an outline, uh, just a very general uh, journal type page. Uh, what I want you to do is get into groups of three to six. It can be three, three, or four, five, six, probably no more than six. Get up and get in a group right now, please. Three to six. Hey, that's fine. You can spread out. That's not a problem. Spread out. That's fine to spread out. That's good. All right, here's your assignment. Now, in, tonight instead of the instead of the 10 or 20 2020 20 program, it, it's going to be more like the 10 10 or 10 8 10 or I'm going to have to be flexible with the time, all right? Uh, we're going to start out with 10 minutes and then see how the time goes. Uh, when we try to do 10-10-10 or 10-10-8, I've got to leave a few minutes at the end for a couple of announcements. Uh, but I'm going to give you, first of all, 10 minutes, and here's your assignment. I want you to take Ephesians chapter 5 and 6 privately, separately, for the first 10 minutes. You don't say anything. You don't discuss it. You just read Ephesians 5 and 6, looking for that verse or verses that really pop out to you. And you'll have 10 minutes to read those two chapters. Probably can read it more than one time. And... Uh, so just read it, let the Lord speak to you and ask the Lord to speak to you even as you start reading. 10 minutes we're we'll going to put a clock on the we got a clock on the screen there and bring up a little music and, and you start studying. you can move to the second session or section if you haven't already and that is for the next ten minutes. Uh, take that soap outline and that worksheet, that journal sheet and write your scripture at the top of that page, scripture or verses, uh, usually it's one verse, it could be more than one and then just work your way through that with your observations, with your, observations uh, your application and writing out your prayer, Okay. Next ten minutes, uh, try to write all that you can, uh, journal that out. Again, this is all done privately. Now, call time. If we were doing this, of course, in a a small group setting, and we would have hopefully 20 minutes, 20 minutes, and 20 minutes, this last section, uh, I'm going to give you eight minutes just to discuss it uh, among yourselves. I'm sure not everybody will get to share, but here's how you discuss it. You, You don't say, okay, these are the observations I made, and these are the applications. You don't have to do all of that. don't have to be so technical. You might just say, here's the verse the Lord spoke to me about. Read the verse. And here's kind of what God was saying to me, okay? So you just discuss it in a, in a normal kind of conversation. Don't feel like you have to teach anything or, or go back and rehearse all your notes. Just tell them what God said to you, what verse he used and what he said to you. So these last eight minutes, just discuss it among one another. And if you don't want to share verbally, that's okay. You can say, hey, I'll pass. I'll let somebody else do it. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable about that. But those that do feel comfortable, just share what, what God said to you tonight, okay? We'll give you eight minutes, and then I'll come back. And we'll wrap up. all right we'll call time now, again in a normal setting you'd have four to six people perhaps studying together in your home or in a coffee shop or a, a church setting and you'd have 20 minutes 20 minutes and 20 minutes uh but what you've probably found as you're meeting just in that eight minutes sharing is that it was kind of each other encouraging one another uh kind of helping each other better understand you're sharing what god's shown you and uh I think there's great, great value in that kind of Bible study. So what you've learned over the last four weeks is twofold. You've learned how to be a self-feeder. You've learned how to study the Bible for yourself. Tonight you've learned a way of how you could disciple somebody. You probably think, well, I don't know how to disciple anybody. Well, you've just learned a way. Just teach them how to be a self-feeder like you've learned over the last three or four weeks. And then sit down with them and use that twenty 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 plan And you can disciple somebody. Just studying through the scripture together, uh, you can disciple somebody. So I strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you uh, to give that a try. Now, if you've got any other questions, I'll be happy to hang around afterwards. You can come up and and ask me. Uh, I want to end with three announcements. One is, here's what we're doing next Wednesday night. Next Wednesday night, we're going to have Easter outreach, Easter visitation. Easter Sunday is the day when so many people are open to attending our church, and we need to go knock on some doors and invite them. So here's what we're going to do. Please, please, please come back. Please help us go out and visit. Uh, We're going to go out and visit prospects. We're going to go out and visit perhaps people on your impact cards. But we, we also are going to go out and visit the MIAs, the people that we don't see anymore, people that perhaps are in your BSF class and they haven't been there in several weeks or several months or longer. And we want to just make a concerted effort next Wednesday night, go out and invite people to come back to church or come to church on Easter Sunday. That's next Wednesday night. Then April the 23rd and the 30th, I'm very, very excited about what we're going to be offering under the mentoring and ministry idea. uh, We've invited Mike Moeller from, I think, is it Trinity Point? Is that the name of the church, Lisa? You know what I'm talking about? What? Trinity, I think it's Trinity Point. Does that sound right? We were just over there at Trinity Point. Uh, Mike Moller, pastor at Trinity Point, is going to bring some of his guys uh, over to our church on the 23rd of April and the 30th. We're going to meet in the Life Center uh, and we're going to learn how to do Bible storying. Bible storying is another way to teach the Bible. It's If you read how Jesus taught the Bible, He didn't sit them down in a class. He didn't sit them down in rows. He most often told stories. And Mike's going to come and help us learn how to do Bible storying. And that is something anybody could do. You can tell a story, and you can teach the Bible. So we'll take two Wednesday nights. Mike will be leading that, he and his people. And uh, you'll hear a lot more about that later. But, uh, but excited about that coming up. And then tomorrow night is Young at Heart, 6 o'clock tomorrow night, right? 6 o'clock. For those who, who qualify for Young at Heart uh, and Marilyn Kilgore will be speaking tomorrow night. And so we want to let you know about that. All right? Thank you for being part of this study. Thank you. I hope it's been helpful to you to help you be a self-feeder. There are some more uh, empty journal sheets up here. They're going to be thrown away if you don't grab them. So take all you want. And there's some in the back as well, a few in the back as well. So if you see those journal sheets, take them home with you. Use them if you'd like uh, so we don't have to throw them away. All right? God bless you. Good night. Thank you for coming.